series is Welcoming God because part of what Advent is about is about welcoming God once again into our hearts and into our lives. And so one way we do that is through Advent candle lightings. Uh, One way that we do that is by preparing the earth um, through random acts of Christmas kindness that you guys, um, those booklets you'll you'll be getting on your way out Um, this morning. And uh, some of you have been getting ready for Christmas for a while now. Um, Some of you started uh, maybe Thursday morning, Thanksgiving morning at 6 a.m. Anybody go out with the crazies at 6 a.m. on Thursday morning? I'm so proud of you. (laughs) And it's okay if you're crazy and you went out at 6 a.m. It really is okay. Uh, But our, our world is rushing toward Christmas. And so there's only 25 days of shopping left until Christmas Day. I mean, that's, that's if you're running out on Christmas Day to Walgreens to grab the last of what's left on the shelves. There's only 25 days left until Christmas. Now, some of us, we're like 25 days. That's like a year. That's plenty of time. We can, we can do all kinds of stuff in 25 days, especially, you know, when you think about all the time that you have, right? 25 days is a long time. But some of us are wired the opposite way. We hear 25 days and we start to sweat a little bit and start thinking about how you can get out of here quickly so you can make it to the mall to get the rest of the stuff that you need because there's lots to be done to get ready for Christmas. Think about it. There's decorations left to be put up, lights left to be strung. There's parties left to attend, cookies that still need to be baked. There's pies that need filling, food, casseroles. I don't know. Are you casserole people? We're casserole people in my family. You can't have a holiday without a casserole. There's casseroles to be baked. At our house, there's gifts to be exchanged. There's long lost family members that are left to be visited. There's all kinds of stuff that has to be done before you can get to Christmas where you can finally take a break, right? Some of you feel that way. I've felt that way before. You know, just pray, God, send me Christmas because I need a break. I don't want to go to another party. I don't want, I don't want to cook another cake or bake another pie or cook another casserole or buy another gift. I'm worn out and I'm beat down because there's so much to do to get ready. Thank God for Advent. Because Advent encourages us to slow our lives down, to step back from the rush that happens with all of the Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you fill in the blank Tuesday, sales, consumption. Advent invites us to reflect on our lives and to begin working inside of ourselves so that we can welcome Christ into our hearts once more and into our world At the second coming. I told you just a few minutes ago that Advent, it's a little bit bipolar. On the one hand, you've got the expectation of a king coming in glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That is part of Advent. But the other part of Advent is silent night and away in a manger, welcoming this helpless child. That is a God and is a king into our world. Advent is a strange season. 
in Advent, it reminds me um, a lot of pregnancy. Um, because if you have ever, uh, you and your, your wife have ever been pregnant, if, if you've been around somebody who's pregnant, you know that's a weird time, right? Um, I'll, if any of you are pregnant here, I'm sorry, but I'm going to tell the truth for just a minute. Um, pregnancy is a weird time, right? Something has already happened, right? Like there's, there's a baby that's like part way here, but it's not really here. And so you have to do all of this stuff to get ready. And whenever you're um, getting ready for a baby to arrive, there's all kinds of stuff to be done. And lots of people want to give you advice on how it is that you're to welcome this child into the world. And so um, they give you books like this one, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Anybody read this book? This book is a wonderful read. And when you're done with it, throw it away. Because... (laughs) Because it's not like that, right? (laughs) How do you prepare for a child entering into your life, a child entering into your world? I mean, yeah, you can buy all the, you know, the baby monitors and you can get the crib ready and you can have the nursery painted. You can even buy all the formula and the diapers and that's great. But you need to throw all that stuff out the window when the baby gets here because the baby changes everything, am I right? When the child arrives... Whether it's uh, on the day that that child was to be here or it's a a week before or a a month before or a month late. Because that happens too. When that child arrives, everything changes. There's something unexpected about the expectation of pregnancy, right? And about the expectation of a child. There's something unexpected about the expectation of a child coming into the world and coming in to our lives. And so what I want to suggest to you this morning is that Advent is a lot like that. That something has already happened. A child has been born into our world and yet we wait in patient expectation. For God to come again in an unexpected way, to usher in a kingdom, to usher in a reign that will last for all eternity. Y'all, that's what Advent is all about. And so if you came here this morning expecting to hear, you know, Christmas music and, you know, see Frosty and Santa, I'm sorry, uh, we're, we're not there yet. Advent says slow down, slow down. There's much to be done before the child arrives, before our king arrives again. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to open up to Matthew chapter 24. Um, This is the text that the church, not the Methodist church, but the church, the, the universal church, has sort of said this is how we want to start the year. This is the text we want you to hear at the start of the year. And so it's important for us to sort of embrace that tradition, even if just for a moment, to say that this is what Christians around the world are hearing this morning. This text from Matthew chapter 24, beginning at verse 36. And as I said, this isn't the beginning of the story of Jesus' life and ministry in this world. This is really the end of the story or near the end of the story. This is one of the apocalypses that we find 
in Matthew's gospel where Jesus is talking about the end of the world and what all of that will be like. And so this is Matthew 24, 36. You have it in your Bibles, um, you have it in your notes, you have it on your smartphones as well. I want you to hear this because Jesus is speaking to his disciples, giving, him some of the, giving them some of the last words that they're going to hear from him in Matthew. This is what Jesus says, But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. All that is to say it's going to be unexpected. Jesus goes on. He says, Then two will be in the field, and one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken, and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day that the Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake. And would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, anytime you hear therefore in scripture, get ready. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. You know, a better title for a book on pregnancy would be Expecting the Unexpected. If you want to write a great book on Advent as well, that would be a great place to start expecting the unexpected. No one knows, Jesus says in the passage we just heard. Neither the angels nor himself. No one knows when all of the, these things that he's talking about, the end of time, the end of history, no one knows when these things will take place except the Father. So when it happens, it's going to be unexpected. It's going to change everything, and it's going to come like a thief in the night, or like an unexpected flood, and transform everything. But what's interesting is we read those words, and we get all tense, and we think, what does this mean, and what am I supposed to be doing? I'm not ready for unexpected things. The interesting thing is that for most of us, life, the lives that we live, are full of unexpected things. Much of our life is unexpected. You and I, we are regularly caught off guard, sometimes joyfully, but most of the time not, by the events of life. I mean, think about the devastation in the Philippines and other natural disasters and how they represent the unpredictable nature of life in this world on, an, on a grand scale. But a miscarriage or a lost job or a heart attack or the death of a loved one or any number of other unanticipated events, they all have the potential, they all have the power to throw us off course and threaten the, the semblance of order and the semblance of normalcy that we have sort of built into our lives. We don't do well, you and I, we don't do well with the unexpected, even though our life is full of unexpected things. And we know this, right? You know that. That's why you have health insurance. That's why 
That's why you have homeowner's insurance if you own a house. That's why you have renter's insurance if you're living in an apartment. That's why we have disability insurance and car insurance and flood insurance and insurance. I've got insurance to make sure that my insurance is paid. Do you have that insurance? I forget what it's called, but it's insurance. Carter knows. Um, It's insurance to make sure that your insurance is insured. That doesn't make sense, but that's what I got. I might be losing money on this. You can help me out later. (laughs) We try to make everything seem nice and controlled, nice and orderly in our lives, when the truth is our lives are filled with chaos and filled with the unexpected. I I had a, a, a senior pastor one time that said that God took the waters of creation, which were chaos, and he made them calm. And he says, one thing that we need to remember about ourselves is that you and I, we are 98% water. So 90% of who we are is chaos. It's unexpected. It's unexpected. But we try and push all of that down. And we try to make everything orderly and everything expected. So some of us, we get afraid of the future, afraid of the unexpected. We get so afraid of the unexpected that we don't reach out and live into the calling that God has for our lives. Others of us, we don't invest in other people because we're afraid that if we put too much into one person or into one group of people or into friends or family, if we invest too much there, that something unexpected is going to happen and we're going to be left hurting. Or maybe we just numb ourselves to others' pain so that we're not haunted by the possibility of our own loss. You and I know that life, life is precarious, that life is unpredictable. And for all of those reasons, our lives are very, very precious. And Jesus in Scripture, he tells us over and over again that rather... Rather than being held down by fear of the unexpected, that you and I are created for something greater. That you and I are created for more than just living in fear of what might happen. That you and I were created to be conquerors. And what you may have missed in the text this morning is that that's what Jesus is really getting at. In fact, if you were to back up just a few verses in Matthew 24, Jesus in verse 31, he talks about how he desires to gather us up from the four winds. Isn't that a great image? How he desires to gather the people of God from the four winds unto himself so that they can have a hope and a future God desires to gather us together, to protect us, to walk with us, to give us strength in the midst of uncertainty. One one commentator put it this way. He says that Jesus, come hell or high water, will be at our side, giving us the courage we need to face life's disasters, life's crises and pain And staying with us, Jesus leads us from this life through death 
into new life. See, Advent and Christmas are all about realizing that even though we wait in expectation of God to come and reign for eternity and for God to come and reign in our hearts as an infant, what Advent asks us to do is to remember that even in these moments, God is with us. In the midst of the unexpected and the unpredictable, God is with us. In the midst of the chaos that is your life and the chaos that is most certainly my life, that God is with us. That though the heavens are torn in two, God is with us. God is with you and God is with me and God is with us. In the unexpected, in the uncontrollable, in this life, God is with us. And that one truth should give us hope. It should give us hope to know that even though we walk through waters and we walk through fire and we walk through pain and seasons of hurt and turmoil in our lives, that God has hope out there for us. That God has a future and a promise that we will be redeemed and we will be restored because there's a baby on the way and there's a king of kings on the way who has come to make all things new. That, that, that is what hope is made of. So yeah, there are 25 days until Christmas. There are 25 days to get ready, 25 days to prepare the way, 25 days to share the love of God, 25 days to live with the assurance that no matter what, no matter where we go, no matter what we find ourselves in, that God is with us. There are 25 days of hope, 25 days to make a difference in this world and to welcome God into our hearts, into our homes, into our community and into our world. So this morning, as God's people, we gather together at the table because it's here at the table that Christ reminds us that he is with us in every moment, in every second of our lives. It's here at the table that God offers himself to us that we might find hope, peace, joy, and love.